Welcome back to another episode of uh, Relatable Chapters. I'm your host, Mason Robinson, and I'm joined with my first ever guest, Lashara. How's it going? Good. You ready for round two? Ding, ding, ding. Yeah, nice to be back. Yeah. In the hot uh, seat. It's come a long way since then, that's for sure. Um, So second round, kind of knew a lot of questions, so you haven't, you probably even haven't even heard these because the first one came out today with them. Um, But even from the start, I've developed a lot. There's been key turning points, which I talked to you about, has now become the staple of it. Um, But even just learning how to converse has been been a wicked journey. Um, So yeah, let's... Let's go round two. Better and better than uh, better. Bigger and better. Bigger and better. Than and I just want to say too quickly before we get started, as your friend just watching you move through this, I remember all the walks, runs that we went on, and you're like, you know, I want to start a podcast, and just watching you do it has been so amazing um, to see you be so consistent because that's the key. You wanted to have good conversations, and that's what you're doing. So I'm super proud of you. Oh, it's an honour. <laughs> uh, so we start off with um, three things you're grateful for today. Hmm. What am I grateful for today? I'm grateful to be here sitting with you, as I said last time. Um, I'm grateful to feel well again. I've been super sick in this pregnancy, so I actually just went out for my walk and I got drenched in rain. So I'm actually grateful too that I that I have the ability now to just go out and walk in the rain. You know, you and I, we always say, it's just water. <laughs> that was me this morning, got up, passing down the rain. I was like, oh, I could sleep. Benny doesn't need a walk. Yeah. And then, um, yeah, I was just popping to my head. Oh, it's just water. So poncho water. on. And the third one, like always, I always am just so grateful for my boys. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm super grateful to be pregnant again with a, another little baby. It's always such a blessing. So, yeah. Nice. Um, I am grateful for the human body to be such an amazing thing, like recovery-wise. I kind of tweaked my back the other day, and it's coming right. I knew it's probably a bad idea to go to the gym this morning. Still did did a hard workout, and it actually isn't bad. So, like the the body is such an amazing thing. Mm-hmm. So I'm grateful for my body. Uh, I'm once again grateful for this uh, the Ara Studio space. It's a beautiful place. Always love coming here. And um, well, I'm grateful for the sushi I just had, just behind mm. Cinnamon. It's a fucking good sushi place. I've never tried it. Mm, nice little, this time? small kiosk. They got good vegan stuff? Most likely. Oh, I have to try it. It's very good. Yum. Uh, so one of the new ones that I've started doing is uh, Six Pillars of Wellbeing. Mm-hmm. So what do you do, so this is like quick fire. Um, so what do you do to chill, to calm the mind uh, and body and be present? Um, for me, be going for a walk. Journaling, meditation, um, and yoga, definitely. Nice. What do you do to uh, like keep learning and get creative? Um, podcasts, books, creative-wise, I love Pinterest. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, just finding spaces of inspiration around me daily, really. What do you do to connect, build relationships and boost connections? Hmm. I feel like I do that every day just within my job, Mm -hmm. um, in our studios, um, lightly on social media or connecting with people that I love. I'm constantly messaging people in my circle, so I think that's how I do that. Nice. 
times. How do you celebrate, find gratitude and live your values? I feel like I celebrate the mundane things in my everyday life. So with a gratitude journal, um, my daily entries, I always have three things that I'm grateful for. Um, and when things are big and to be celebrated, I love to celebrate like myself and especially the people that I love. Um, yeah. What do you do to move, stay active and feel energized? Really anything to move my body. I, I do a lot. I love to do a bit of everything. I don't really think that there's a one size fits all movement. I like to dabble in everything, but my favorite movement would definitely be yoga. I'm glad you said that, uh, <laughs> yoga instructor. Yeah. Um, what do you do to enjoy? Practice self-care and focus on fun. I do lots of things. I do so many things. Um, when you say self-care, I think sometimes it's the most simple thing of, you know, my skincare routine and looking after my skin, my body. That's really something just for myself. Um to have fun, I feel, as I go out and I move my body and I be with my kids and the people that I love. Yeah. So the next one is, uh, how do I know the guest? And so if you haven't listened to the very first one, I'd suggest go listen to it. Uh, that gives a good rundown of our connection. Uh, last time we talked a lot about your yoga journey, uh, RS Studios mainly, uh, but today we're going to dabble more into your personal life and... Go with the eight pregnancies. Mm. Um, so we're just going to flow yeah, through that as opposed to I suppose turning points and that. Uh, t- your key turning points are in there. Um, so everybody has a beginning. Like what was your upbringing like? That was in the first one. But we'll kind of touch on that as well because like yeah, you, wrote down your, you wrote down eight key turning points and I crossed them out because we ended up coming up with all these eight pregnancies. Um, I think a lot of people won't know that I've been pregnant eight times. It's definitely, yeah, you've only got two boys. Yeah, it's definitely something that I don't share with many people. Mm. I don't even think I've actually ever publicly said it out loud. Mm-hmm. Maybe my closest friends know. But I think that it's an important thing for people to understand that there's not this, this journey out there where, oh, yeah, Lashara's got two kids and she's pregnant again. There's yeah. so much more of a story as to how I've got to where I am and how I am, yeah, about to have my third child um, and kind of like a lot of belief systems around that as well. It has, definitely hasn't been the smooth sailing ride. <laughs> sure. Um, are you nervous at all? Um, I am. This is quite a vulnerable conversation mm. and like I said, I haven't really had it with mm. anyone before but I think that I'm at a point now where I – I can have it um, because I understand I've done a lot of, you know, younger self work so I can understand and kind of forgive myself for some things that I may have judged myself for um, back in the day. So I think that I'm ready to have this conversation. I always think that these are good for reflection. Yeah. For sure. Mm -hmm. Um, But why, why are you willing to share this to, I suppose, the public? I think recently what I've seen too, and you'll know it as well, there's a lot of this stigma around abortion. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there's a lot of, I think, miscarriages becoming something that is more spoken about, but it's still something that people don't really share. Mm. Um, so I used to be that person who didn't share anything. I didn't 
I didn't want people to judge me. I didn't want people to think anything less of me. But at, at the same time, I actually said this to Joey last night because he's like, you know, babe, this is quite a quite a thing where you're letting people, they're not going to agree with you. And, and I'm fine with that because mm-hmm. if people only like me until they know something about me, then why do you, why do you even like me? Mm-hmm. So it's like I have to share the story. It's my story. And people can, might not agree with me. But when I look at the life that I have now, I am so grateful for the decisions that I made. And we're always given kind of like decisions or choices. Mm-hmm. And what I'm going to share with you is how through my life, making some of those hard decisions or hard choices have shaped to where I am now. And I'm so grateful. Like when I look back, I'm like, wow, I'm super grateful to be sitting here um, and I guess in a position as well to share this story. Nice. Um, so your turning points, I'll just quickly run over them. Um, so knowing you deserve a beautiful life and nothing less. Uh, going to St. Paul's College and being a bit bullied there. So we touched on that last time. I was bullied at the other school. Oh, before St. So Paul's. that's why I moved. Yeah, right. Mm-hmm. So bullying, we touched on that. Mm. Um, your third one is finding out you're pregnant at 16, your first abortion, which we're going to touch on that. Finding yoga, that was in the last one. Um, meeting your lovely husband, Joey, mm-hmm. which will be spread out, spread throughout. Um, getting your dog, um, which is always big, eh? uh, responsibilities and stuff. Having miscarriages, which is going to be quite prominent. And the last one was navigating motherhood. So these are all going to be scattered uh, in this journey. But if we take it back to the start, um, not like the first one, not necessarily back to your childhood, but I suppose you were pretty young anyway. Take it back to the very first pregnancy, eh? Or the first belief. I feel like that first belief is like quite a staple to Let's go. the story. of. Yep. So I think that when I sent it to you, when I really thought about it, there's just always been this thing inside me, even though I've been through some pretty shitty times mm-hmm. that I know and I have this deep knowing, and I think that it comes from my mum, that... I am allowed to have a beautiful life and that anything that I want can be achieved if I believe it and like I'm kind of stopping myself from having those beautiful things that I want. So the life that I have now, I definitely think it was something that my younger self imagined, you know, you want to have this husband that loves you and you want to have beautiful kids and have a home and just all these lovely things, a beautiful family. Um, And I'm so lucky that that was ingrained into me because even through all these tough times, which I'm about to share with you, um, that little thing or that little whisper has seemed to keep me going and flowing and been my purpose to kind of make the decisions that I have made. So that was um, your belief that you kind of deserved a beautiful life and nothing less. Yeah. So it kind of kept you... Striving for more, I suppose. Um, And my mum has just, and I shared it in the last podcast, my mum has done nothing but showing me that. Um, She taught me about manifestation and vision boards and all of that before it was actually, you know, just a cool thing to do. I've been doing it since I was a little girl. So the power of that, I think I've got good practice down. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So at the age of 16, you fall pregnant. Yeah, so like I said, I 
had made a decision for myself to leave Sacred Heart where I was quite badly bullied and again I think it was that whisper like Lashara you deserve better you need to go to a school that's better for you better opportunities that you can like you know get to this place Um, and the summer before I started that school I found out that I was pregnant and I think that anyone when you first find out you're pregnant it's like um you know like you get told all of these things but then it actually happens Mm. right and I was pregnant to someone that was extremely abusive um that I was in a relationship like that is something as well that I've moved um very far from but again it came down to my mum so I think looking back at the time I didn't really like my mum for saying this to me, but she pretty much told me, Lashara, if you decide to have this baby, um, I'm, I don't, you're going to have to do it on your own, bub. And I know she didn't mean that, yeah. but she had to help my 16-year-old self move past or move through something that is not an easy decision for anyone to make because even at 16, of course, like, I was like, yeah, I can have a baby. You know, yeah. like, I'm 16. I had no idea what the hell I was doing. I was in a very bad relationship. Um, And it just, yeah, so that was my first abortion. It was quite a rocky, like, I thought it was an atopic pregnancy. I spent maybe three nights in hospital, and the person that was with me the entire time was not the person I was going to have a baby with, was my mum. And after that, um, even having my abortion, like, every time my mum's been the person there sitting with me and I think even for a mother to watch their child go through that is not easy and I remember her like crying Mm. and even we've spoken about it now I think woman to woman she shared with me that she would never have left she would never have made me do that by myself but she had to help me find clarity that I couldn't do it like it, it just wasn't right um and she said, you know, even when I was sitting in that chair, she wanted to pick me up and run away with me and, you know, have that happen. But when I look back on it now, it has to be one of the best things that I ever done because I cannot imagine having brought a child into that situation. Yeah. It just wouldn't have been right. Um, and, I mean, you know, you know of attachments, I still would be linked to that person, mm-hmm. um, which gratefully I'm not anymore. <laughs> I don't. I'm so grateful for that. Oh, my gosh. And I got to go to a school. Like I said, it was a turning point for me. So that was the start of that. But then I went into that school and I had two of the best years of my life, I think, for me, being able to get clear with what I want, be around people who were ambitious and the principal there, he really believed in me. And I think that that's what some people need at the other school the principal absolutely I just really didn't like me so yeah I was able to really thrive in that space and then move um, forward into the next part and I felt like I was doing really good and so I found yoga and that was all great for me and then I roll into another terrible relationship. (laughs) So before we get to that then what are some of the effects of an abortion? I think does it's, it does it um, affect your future pregnancies? Apparently, it can. So before every abortion, you have to go in and have a little meeting, mm-hmm. and they talk to you about it. You know, they ask you if the this is really what you want to do, and 
do you know that this um they give you all of the options and I remember thinking like oh my gosh this is not what I want to do um it's so terrifying especially Mm. at 16 years old it's just it's a terrifying thing and I don't know what the the backlash is Mm. but I think you know you you can hinder getting pregnant again how did it affect you mentally I think I've always had a sense of guilt Mm -hmm. I've really healed that Mm -hmm. um and it came up for me which I'll share more when I had my first miscarriage because it's that belief um that you've done something so deeply wrong because yeah it's that feeling but again I think that any woman in their right mind and in a healthy, safe space wouldn't do that because when you hold spirit, you you don't really want to get rid of it. Mm. Um, but I also believe on a spiritual level that they come as a like a lesson. They know that they're staying either like as a soul for a short time or a long time. How did it affect your schooling? You say it turned into like after that you had two great years of school mm. to just you just keep that quiet yeah I didn't tell people mm. unless they were my close friends it's definitely not something that you go around yeah, <laughs> shouting I'll, off the yeah, rooftops hey everyone yeah. um and at 16 years old it's quite embarrassing yeah. you know so you're going through this thing as well it, again you're all the internal conversation like I'm a bad person I'm I had to deal with all of that, but Mm. at the same time, it drove me to want to be better. Like, okay, if I'm not going to do that option, I'm going to go and do the other Mm. option, and I'm going to do it really well. Uh, An advice for a younger person in an abusive relationship, how do you deal with it? It's really hard to, uh, I think, deal with it if you don't have support. Mm -hmm. Like I said, like, I've always had such a strong family and a mum that has stood there and stood up to me to make and kind of given me um, an ultimatum really because she knew, she's not silly, that I'd always pick her even though I might not have picked her straight away, Mm -hmm. that I wasn't going to be okay if they all, like I didn't have them and I had just this abusive partner. I think it's really... um, you need to go and get help. If you don't have family support, you need to go to someone where they can help you move away from it because when you're in an abusive relationship, you feel worthless and mm. like you feel like you need that person. Um, so when you're asking for help, what are you what are you trying to do? Are you trying to um, like isolate, not isolate, but uh, evade, uh, you really distance have to, yourself? You really have to get away from them. Yeah. And it's hard. It took me a lot, really long time. It took me a really, really long time of like, because you love, you think, mm, you yeah, think you love yeah, them, um, yeah. and is that attachment? I, I really think you need to be supported to move out of an abusive relationship. It's not a quick fix, and you need to, you know, you need to be able to have that support to feel strong enough to move away from it. And I know that not not a lot of people have that, so they continue to move in the circle. And I know that Women's Refuge is really great if you need to, like, have somewhere safe or go somewhere where you can feel supported, especially if you don't have the family. Um, And I guess reaching out to your friends and just hoping that you haven't pushed everyone away because that's something that I did as well. On that as well, this has popped up through numerous chats in this podcast, um, the power of a friend circle. 
Mm. It's pretty powerful way, like to actually be in the right circle, yeah. to have good friends to back you up, but also knowing that maybe you're not in the right circle to try to find more. Like you say, you had a poor group at Sacred Heart, you go to St. Paul's and um, more ambitious people. Yeah. You become most like the people you hang out with though. Yeah, and I think through that time I um a lot of like I devalued myself a lot from the bullying. So then I was hanging out with people who weren't really good and then I thought that I wasn't good enough, so then you get into a bad relationship. Mm. It all it all kind of adds up. So then you change your circle and then you are around better people. Um and I truly think that the people that you're around all the time. And I'm so, like I always say, I'm so lucky I have an amazing family because I actually have a whole lot of amazing friends as well. But my mum, my brother, um, Joey, like they're my best friends. And I, they're people that are in my family and in my day to day. Yeah. And throughout the journey, you'll see how all three of those people have just really helped me move forward (laughs) so that was your first pregnancy second pregnancy second Mm -hmm. abortion at age 20 yeah it's another one it's kind of like I was playing the same story again and I feel like sometimes in life if you don't work it out it's going to give you another it's going to give you the same thing to to work it out again and like how many times are you going to do it yeah you You don't learn the first time you yeah, like are you going to go and go on that same circle again? Mm. Because it's kind of what happens. You, if it, Whether it's a relationship, a job, uh, some, you know, if you don't work it out, I feel like the universe is going to place it in front of you again and be like, hey, we try to let you know this <laughs> like back here. We just want to remind you again that um, what are you going to do? You know, you're in so the it same looks space. Like, uh, you jump back on that same circle. Uh, I'm not gonna lie. It was unloyal. pretty much. It's pretty much the same. I, I'm not gonna lie. It's like I was just the same person, just older, mm-hmm. just older. I'm living with this person. They're living off me. They're <laughs> sleeping with numerous amounts of people, and I'm so naive. <laughs> and th- it was actually when I was doing my yoga teacher training as well. So, through a time, I think that could have been such a beautiful time in my life. I had this thing that was there because I still had this deep feeling of not being good enough Mm -hmm. to let someone treat me that way. So, yeah, I went through that and I, at 20, I thought I was going to have this baby. I honestly thought so. I think this one was a lot more heartbreaking for me because I was older. I thought that this person was like... (laughs) So what made this decision a lot harder? Just age? This decision was harder because I genuinely like I really wanted to have that baby I thought I was going to have that baby was kind of you know we shared it with my family Um, everyone was so happy for us and only to find out that you know you're pregnant and then you find out that your partner is has multiple different partners Mm. and it comes back again to that deep knowing of like Lajara, you deserve a beautiful life and this is not a beautiful life mm-hmm. and it's not going to be a beautiful life for this child. So, like, you need to make a choice right now. So, in that situation, you're also thinking about the child. A hundred percent. If I had a loving partner that I knew this child would grow up and have two parents that loved each other because my deepest thing, I watched my parents separate. Mm-hmm. I never wanted that. I wanted my kids to have 
to watch their mum and dad just love each other and be best friends. That's all I've ever wanted. So again, like as you're stuck with this reality right in front of you, you have to ask yourself, like, are you moving into the direction that you wanted to? And it was another one. My mum came with me. Um, and it was tough. You wrote down that uh, your family didn't want to know about you. Yeah, the relationship was so bad. Like, I was pretty much like, I didn't have many friends. Um, my mum was just like, look, if you choose to do this, like, I don't want to watch you. And I, looking back, like, again, at the time, like, I'm like, oh, fuck you, mum, you know? Yeah, like, yeah. how could you do that? But again, she's just wanting to do the best, really, for... So what did they see that you didn't see? Everything. <laughs> like, like, just uh, characteristics of this man. He was terrible. So... Like, if, uh, yeah. He, how did the light switch in your head that... It didn't switch for a while, even after the abortion. <laughs> so... I'm just trying to think, you know, you, you you go through it once, you go through it twice, you're still oblivious in a way. Mm. You always wanted to have, like you say, a best friend or a partner with a child. Mm. That was the key that you always wanted. Did you not just reflect and go, this partner has these characteristics that everybody thinks that he has, how come I don't see it? I think I could definitely see it, but it comes back you just to didn't believe it was no, true. My biggest thing has been I always think people are projects and that I need to save them. <laughs> Do you know yeah. what I mean? And that this person will love me and they will change. Yeah. So I, I struggled a lot with that with the first one, with the second one. Like, mm. if I just keep being a good person and I love them, they'll feel love and they'll mm. love me back. It was constantly that. But when you're stuck again to think not only of me, um, I have to think of this potential child. So when you get into that space, um, yeah, you just know it's not, yeah, that's not it. So I went through that again. Again, the person I was meant to have a baby with did not come with me. Didn't come my mom shit. Yeah, so your came. mom stuck with you? My mom was with me. Um, and then I've also written down that, uh, yeah, it was a very hard decision, heart heartbreaking. Very heartbreaking. And uh, this is where you met Joey, and Joey picked up the pieces. Yeah, so Joey was actually my friend. Um, so this was a key turning point of your life? Joey was actually my friend at the time who would had seen me go through all of this mm-hmm. bad stuff. Um and I guess with Joey, he was someone that I would always talk to about, like, my dreams and I guess his dreams. Like, we were just friends. I always bring it back and I think about it. We went for this walk around the lake this one time and Joey was telling me, like, we're just mates. Mm. Joey's telling me about this life that he wants and then I'm telling him about the life that I want. And it's so crazy now because everything that we said on that walk – we are literally doing together and it's just so crazy that it's crazy to look back and mm. think that. Um, sure. Because it's that powerful. is the power of, that's the power of putting the existence and knowing that you are deserving of that thing. Um, so meeting Joe and having someone, I guess, love me because I never 
thought that I would have. Oh, I was was looking for that. Yeah. But this guy just you're looking in the wrong place. This guy just liked me, and I was like, "What the fuck is wrong with you? Like, why do you even like me? Like, I'm not <laughs> even that great, you know." And he just, if I describe Joey, it's like he went to a plant shop, right? And there's these, this plant, and he's like, "Wow, you are really not looking good, but I see potential in you." So you're the project. I am. I was. It's <laughs> like I was his project, right? And it's like he saw the potential in this plant that just I just thought that I was like. You know, like what is what more is there to me? Um, what what am I like? You know, when you've been in an abusive relationship, you're pretty much like. And I don't think you know you can come from. I come from a beautiful family. Can still go into an abusive relationship. Mm. There's no one size fits all with that as well. There was obviously something deep within myself that thought I was not good enough. Um, and Joey had to really nurture something within me to to get me to love myself and get me to be the person that I guess I am today because I didn't have any of that. Um, he obviously saw something I couldn't see. What were some of the key learnings from the first two to your characteristics exposed to the relationship now? Like, do you, if you, I suppose it's different when... I definitely think Joey had... You know, you come from um, abusive relationships and you carry a lot of shit. Mm. So Joey definitely has to ha- has worn a lot of that shit, only to the point, like, I think this year where I had, like, a deep realisation of how insecure I am mm-hmm. just from past relationships or past trauma. Um, and I, I told this to you in the last podcast, like, I've been doing a lot of internal work, revisiting a lot of like childhood trauma, a lot of my own beliefs that are not real. And I had to have a realization that Joey's never done anything but love me. Yes, Joey might have some poor communication, but like, he's a fucking man. <laughs> he just, hey, ha- hey, hey. <laughs> <laughs> he's just like, no, but they don't communicate in the same way that woman. That we like. I'm a part of that they. <laughs> do you know what I mean? No, though? yeah, I do. Like it's I do. that. I'm not meaning that. But in not a mean everybody way. communicates the same way. But there's always expectations. Yes, and it's like I've realised. Oh my gosh, I've put all of these things on Joe that he's never done. Mm-hmm. They're not even his. And when I, as soon as I let go of that, I was like, wow, I feel so free. Um, and Joe's done nothing but love me and support me. And whatever I've wanted to do. And I think to get to the point where I am now, you need someone beside you to to do that. Mm. Um, and I'm actually reading Jay Shetty's eight is it eight rules of love at the moment. Yeah, I think eight simple rules. I eight on it, it's such a good book. Like if you I was I wanted to get your copy and like give it to you because I think anyone should read it. It's not only in your loving like relationships, it's your relationships with everyone that you have. And I also believe that everybody deserves to have a love like I have with Joey. I think everyone deserves to be with their best friend and deserves to be supported on whatever it is that they want to do. Um, and, yeah, you might not find it the first time, mm. second time. Sometimes it takes people a lot of times, you know, it depends how quick you want to learn the cycle. <laughs> On Jay Shetty, he had a thing that, like, in, I'm pretty sure it's Jay Shetty, average person, like, female goes to six or eight 
partner as well. The male was the opposite. Like, yeah. we do go through a lot before we... That's average. So some people could be doing 15 kind of partners before they find the one, so... Yeah. And I guess it's like a... I don't know. You just have to... You got to learn. You have to learn. And then when it's the right person, I think you know. And I think that's why when I say like meeting... When I met Joe, like... After having my like two abortions, I was like, I don't want to have kids. I'm undeserving of kids. Mm. I truly believed that I did not deserve children. I d- believed that I was a bad person for doing what I had done and that I did not deserve children. And I said it to her, I was like, I don't even want children. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, and I went through that. I was like, oh, I don't want to have kids. I was kind of a little bit vain, I guess, as well. Like, kids will ruin my body. <laughs> oh, my God. Anyway. So, but then I, when I fell in love with Joe, yeah. I just wanted his babies. It was wild. Yeah, so how did you know you were ready then to, to go for, step into your third pregnancy? I don't know if we knew that we were ready. I don't know if you even know if you're ready. Um, I think it's a cool idea. Mm. You know, you're like, oh, my God, I love you. I, I want your babies. You know, like... We're going to uh, get married. Know, we're going to be. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> when you get there, we're going to have that conversation, okay? So that happened. And um, the first pregnancy, we wanted a baby. So I got rid of, I've always, for contraception, I've always had an IUD. So this is, you're talking about your third yeah, pregnancy? Yeah, my first pregnancy with, with Joey. Joey. Yeah. Um, and I, we fell pregnant and we were a little bit shocked, mm-hmm. but also. So excited, like... So before we go on that, how come you didn't feel that you deserved them? I think because I had two abortions and I thought, you know, like, you got rid of two... You're not allowed anymore. I felt that for a really... I felt that deeply. So also with you're talking about touching on, tapping back to your childhood, uh, your beliefs, how, how have you rewired your beliefs... Like, what is I've the had process? To, I've had to really do the work and, like... So what does the work look like? Just going, like, even noticing that I had those beliefs mm. um, that I wasn't deserving because when I had my first miscarriage, I was like, oh, my gosh. But whereas now when I reflect back, because there's been so much time, I can be like, wow, like, I may have caused... That first one with my own belief systems and what I had continuously been telling myself, like, you're not deserving of a baby. You don't deserve to have children. Miscarriage. You know, like, I don't know if that's real for everyone, but I feel like that is what happened to me because I'm the first person in my family to have the miscarriages that I've had. So, again, you feel quite, you feel super isolated when you don't have someone to talk to. About it. So trying to rewire your beliefs is quite a lengthy process. Do you do it just purely internally yourself? Or say for somebody, if they are trying to rewire, in a way rewire, um, their beliefs, is it something you share with other people? I definitely think someone that you can trust. Mm -hmm. And if you don't feel like you can talk to someone without them judging you or without them putting 
kind of that's that's where you need to get very mindful it's like someone can't project their shit onto you so if I was sitting here telling you look this is something that I believe and this is something that I'm struggling with and then you sit there and you're like oh well just don't believe it you know some people that some people are like that that would not be the type of person that I would (laughs) go and have this conversation with so that's why people say a lot of the time like having a counselor or someone that you don't know is always a really great option to help you rewire um, conversations that you're having with yourself and I think the biggest thing is awareness around those conversations that you're having with yourself because back then I didn't know I was doing it only now mm. at the space that I am and with the awareness I think that I have can I um, can I actually say that to you because so, if you'd asked me back then I just would have been like I don't know what's wrong yeah, with so me. you need to identify it first yeah how do you identify the fact that your belief may not be right? Is it just through um, life experiences that you're like, ah, oh, maybe that ain't right? Like, yeah, just life experiences. Yeah, and I think that like I have to, I'm, like I'm saying, I have to look back on it because mm. I have to look back and be like, oh, I believed that, but I that was not true because I am deserving of children. Why was I not deserving of children? You know, like we're where did that come? Why did I make? Why did I tell myself that? So only then can you, can I really look back on it? Right. Definitely had no idea at the time. Yeah, yeah. So first, second, coming into third pregnancy, how did you tell your family? It was really cool. We, I went and this brought, was like the first time you really. This came. was the first time that like I'm pregnant. It's what you want today? Eh? Yeah. Well, yeah. I think it was kind of like we wanted it, but we didn't know, you yeah. know. So I'm. I'm 22 and I'm like, oh my, you know, like, oh my God, I'm like, I'm pregnant, like pregnant. Um, And I'm with someone that I absolutely love and like, I want this baby and everyone wants this baby, you know? So I actually went and got like little gold hearts and put them into a little box. And I remember writing like baby Flula due November, 2016 and giving it to my mum Joey's parents and like my dad Mm. and everyone's reactions were like you know everyone was just so excited like first grandchild and I guess being super naive I didn't think I was gonna that I thought I was definitely having that baby like this is it like I get this baby like after all of this like you know even though I had that deep-rooted belief Mm. I like I say I didn't know I had it then um so yeah that pregnancy got to eight weeks pregnant had a scan, oh, so cute, like, you know, a little bubble in there, hear the little heartbeat, had a midwife, everything, go to your 12-week scan, it's just floating there with no heartbeat. Probably one of the most devastating experiences for me because I didn't know that that could happen. I didn't know what a missed miscarriage was. I thought if you miscarry, you start bleeding. I never, I've never bled. Just go to a scan, I'm really, it wasn't even I'm sorry, there's no heartbeat. The lady was like, oh, sorry, it's dead. And I just, uh, I just will never forget that. I just was like, what in the world has, what what the fuck just happened? And what, you just walk out the door with You walk out the door. No, I actually, um... Joey was with me, my youngest brother Lawson, like super young, you know, like you take a young child in there and they're like, what just happened, you know? Mm. 
because I didn't know that happened. I didn't know how common I didn't know how common it is until now. And that one very quiet, like I never told anyone about that. I was actually so embarrassed. I was like, what is wrong with my body? What is wrong with me? Um, I thought I was healthy. You know, like you do all the right things. Yeah, maybe I drank a little bit too much alcohol and like all of that stuff. I was so young. So I just went through like, oh my gosh. And then the, I was like, oh my, I'm, I've lost babies because I got rid of babies. Mm-hmm. This is kind of karma. Yeah, your mindset. Was so bad. I went through all of that as well. How did you overcome, I suppose, that trauma? It made me, honestly, that first miscarriage made me so resilient and made me realize, again, Lashara, you're in control of your reality and you can choose to sit here and be like, oh, I've had a miscarriage and I'm like, I'm so sad and like, I might not never have kids and all of those things are all such real feelings. But at the same time, I told myself, actually, Let's just move through this and then focus on starting again. And we say it in yoga all the time, begin again. Mm-hmm. It's another thing from my mum, Lashara, like begin again. But that obviously again. took a few days, few weeks before you got to that. Yeah. I mean, it's taken a long time to... It took me probably till that third miscarriage to heal. Mm-hmm. So I'm assuming you just felt guilty that you were the problem. Felt like I there was something deeply wrong with me. I felt super alone too. I remember scrolling like forums to try and connect with people because I don't know who to talk to. Yeah, I was just gonna say, did you feel quite isolated? So isolated, and like I said, like no one in my family had ever experienced one, so I had never been exposed to it. So then, yeah, just on, just kind of going through, like, okay, trying to connect with people over that I don't even know. Did just you forums. manage to? Huh? Did you manage to I connect? just read forums. You just read them. Read forums. And then I guess you talk to people about it and they're like, it's so common, you know, you share it. And then people are like, oh, wow, that's so common because um, I felt so embarrassed. But also being young, your friends aren't really going through it. So they, no. for one, haven't even been pregnant probably. No. And let alone go through a miscarriage. So if we just skip forward to um, your latest miscarriage, I remember you um, you messaged me that. And it was one of the hardest things to reply to. Mm. It's it's not the nicest thing to read, let alone imagine what you're feeling like. How how should how would you expect a friend to react if you were to say, "Hey, like," I'm well, I I don't actually know because I hadn't had a friend go through it. I had I just like I said, like I didn't know. It so was if we just fast forward to now, like. So if, if that happened again, I know a to lot me, of people now. How would you? Have, yeah. How would I address that? Like you know, you don't. I suppose you do want a bit of sympathy, but like, what is the way to? Yeah, like I, I guess you can feel for them and be like, I'm really sorry that this has happened for you. Like I'm here if you need anything. That's the only way that you can really respond, because if you don't understand, like, I mean, if someone messages me, I can say like, I know how, I know what that feels like, but at the same time, maybe you don't. Like sometimes that's where it's really tricky too. Yeah, like too. I don't. I don't mm. think I ever will, especially not having to uh, bear a child myself. Like you're mm. never going to be able to connect in that level. Yeah, but I guess it's just being there for them. So even if you can't relate to it, just as a friend, like, hey, I'm really sorry you're going through this. If you need anything, like I'm here. That's so powerful. Just like I'm here for you. Mm-hmm. Mm. 
I suppose maybe as well as being a distraction can help. Yeah, yeah, I was just reading my notes. That was my last one. How should a friend reach out? <laughs> there you go. So, so that's how I've got my cranes as well. Yes. The first crane, second crane, third crane. So with the crane, so that's the logo for R. Yeah. Where is that? It is linked. It's all linked. So mum has linked. the crane. I was just going to say, linked with your mum, eh? Yeah, mum has the crane as well. So me and mum, we're just like, yeah. So I guess for me, like the crane signifies you know like a crane is such a uh a strong animal Mm -hmm. and then you delicately fold it with paper so it's a contrast of the two together which is quite beautiful in my eyes and to me it signifies the strength and the softness which I think as well like you know me and within this space like I'm constantly trying to find the balance between between strength and softness, mm. um, especially being like a woman. Again, it's the masculine and the feminine. I just read the crane symbolizes beauty, harmony, and grace. It represents positive change as it has been associated with the new year in various cultures. Crane symbolize, sim, crane symbolism focuses <laughs> on the need <laughs> for balance and living in harmony with others. Yeah, so it was just a very, like, I don't know, symbolic thing for yeah. me. And, um, when both my grandfathers passed, actually, I folded for them. I think they do it in, um, like, Japan. I folded 100 cranes for them and put them into their... And the cool thing about it is you teach the family to fold, so everyone's folding together. Um, and for Joy and I's wedding, I folded 1,000 cranes. I think I may remember yeah. that. I was just looking, there's some cranes over there too. Yeah, so up. it's just been such a... Um, I've got a crane somewhere, actually, from... It might have been first birthday or something. I probably should fold some more. Fold more before baby comes. Even um, Kyron, I made him a, what are they called? Like a baby mobile. And oh, the, it's yeah, hanging a, yeah. Like it's cranes. So me and my best friend made that for him before he was born. Um, you also put down a note. You're young and happy, healthy at 22 years old. Yeah, I guess. You stopped drinking and not training in fear. Is this pre or post? Uh, That's for the fourth pregnancy, yeah. So how old were you in your third pregnancy? 22. 22. And then so... Then three months after, I get pregnant again. Okay, yeah. So coming into the fourth pregnancy, um, end up being your second miscarriage. Mm. Um, So at this point of your life, you're very happy, you're very healthy, uh, but you lived in a bit of fear and you had stopped drinking and I was so scared. I was like, oh, what's going to happen to me again? Mm-hmm. Um, and it did. <laughs> and then you really think something's wrong with you. So was it um, a similar process, like your eight-week scan and then? So this time I didn't even go to an eight-week scan because I was like, I don't want to see it happy and healthy. I was so detached from it. I I kind of was just like, it was, I was so detached. Like I was like, no, I'm not even going to like connect to her. I'm not going to talk. I called it it. It's horrible how I was. It was, uh, I was, it so, uh, was bad. So, me through it. You got pregnant. You just, obviously, your body tells you whatever. You pregnant, test. You test, yeah. And then just terrified to connect to it because terrified the same thing's going to happen again. So, you're worried that you're the same thing. So, then you just, what, you I was like, I'm not, I'm, not atta- it, like, I'm not attaching to it until I know everything's okay. But then you missed the eight weeks, yeah. 
didn't go to the eight-week scan and got a 10-week scan because that's when the other one. Mm. And same thing, just no heartbeat. I was sitting there, no heartbeat. So they make it to nine, ten weeks. Mm. Then something happens. Um, Do you know what normally happens, like to why? I think it's just nature. It's just what happens. Mm -hmm. It happens to a lot of us. And I think it's with deeper understanding now, like I said back then, I was like, what is wrong with me? I wanted to be tested. I wanted someone to give me answers. Like, why is this happening? Mm -hmm. Whereas now I'm like, it is nature getting rid of something that wasn't right to come into this world. And I have the exact same understanding now too of kind of my decisions with the first two. Because I think on a soul level... I made the decision there, and next ones they make the, the, the decision there. You so know, you I'm not here for a long your head, time. Two for two. I definitely, I thought two for two. I honestly did. I believe two for two, and then devastated again. And I think some of the hardest conversations were, especially for Joey and I, is Joey got to the point where Joey was like, "If we can't have babies, like I understand if you don't want to be with me." And that's the reality of it. Like, what happens so it puts if a lot you of, um, stress on relationships? A hundred percent. That's the first time. The second one's the first time I ever saw Joe cry. So, yeah, I think because he thought as well, like, you want kids. This is quite common, though, eh? Yeah, especially you, the ones with um, who have infertility issues. But at the same time, like I had said to him when we first met, like. I don't mind if I don't have kids, you know? So there was that belief like... But the goalpost shift. It did. and But then I said to Joey, if it's not with you, it's not with anybody. Mm-hmm. And that too, I think, has solidified like who we are as a couple because he knows that, you know, like if I was... If I couldn't have children with him, then like that's the life that I would have with him because I, I love him. And that's a decision that we made. So then I guess for the two of us, like, the next time, I didn't stop drinking. I actually just lived my life. I lived my life, and then when I found out I was pregnant, the next time. So this is going into fifth? This is my little kai kai. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So after the fourth, you start? Just, just living life. Just living life. Living life and not being scared mm-hmm. and understanding too that, okay, yep, this might be our journey and like I might have to go through a few of these, but you actually can't get a test until you've had three. So you have to have three miscarriages before you're qualified to go under like care and be. Um, that was, yeah, we're going to be like, how do you know if you're infertile? Yeah, so you have to have three. Three, three miscarriages, miscarriages or just, I think I've read something as well that you can't have it, you don't succeed within a year. Yeah, so three, three miscarriages like in a row. So it has to be one, two, three in a row consecutive. And then say that fourth one, you would be monitored, you Mm -hmm. could get tests, all of that. Okay. Um, Before we move on to number five, um, how old were you first to when you you do abortions? How old were... How old were you, uh, roughly? Do you mean what, gestation? I know what gestation. Like how far along are you? How many weeks? Six weeks. With the first one, and I was further along with the other one. So then, just this is like someone who doesn't know shit about mm-hmm. it. What does an abortion look like if it's at that age and it's a lump? Like, 
I'm assuming you can't just bleed it out. Do you need surgery? No, so surgery. And on that topic as well, when you have a missed miscarriage, you actually have or, to have a, a DNC. Miss, what's, what's missed? A missed, missed miscarriage is when I don't release the baby. So like a miscarriage is you naturally just pass yeah. it? A missed yeah. miscarriage is... Uh, um, so when you're further along... It stays there. Yeah. stays sitting in there. Doesn't Your body doesn't let go of it. So I, I've had that every time. And... Just something as well from a medical perspective. So when you have an abortion, they keep you awake because it was your decision and it was Fuck your off. doing. Yeah, so they keep you awake to go under the surgery. With a DNC, because it's not your decision, they put you to sleep and they're very like sympathetic towards you and very caring towards you, whereas when it's an abortion, like they treat you so badly. What's your opinion on that? I found that so heartbreaking because to me... Even having abortions, like I, in my right mind, like I didn't want to go through that. It was yeah. hard enough for me, and then to be treated like you're you're disgusting, you're doing something wrong, you know, like it's just. Um, is that a you're already with feeling our system, like that, or is that just certain characteristics that you potentially who you? I think with? It, I think it's just how people perceive it, you know, and and look at all the backlash on abortion, like. If you really look at some people and you listen to their stories, I think you'd be surprised at how many people you know that have actually been through it. Mm-hmm. But no one shares it because, again, they don't want <laughs> to be judged or told, you know, that they were a bad person because, you know what, probably already feeling it themselves. Fuck you. Yeah. Mm. So at that point of your life, you're also considering uh, if it ain't going to work, it ain't going to happen, uh, you may just turn into a crazy <laughs> Animal family and adopt some people. Yeah, uh, we, ta- we spoke people. about adopting and we spoke about how we just love Luna so much. Uh, yeah. Oh my gosh. Like, So is that when you got Luna around no, 22 years old? No, I got Luna um, before. Me and Joey got Luna when we've been together for like six months. Mm-hmm. So Luna is so special to me. Um, Luna, Joey actually brought Luna for me when I was going through that really hard time, you know, and I said that, you know, look, Joey really helped me. He was like, oh, mm. you know, like I always imagine myself having a blue Steffi. And I was like, what the fuck's a blue Steffi? Like I pictured myself with a chihuahua. <laughs> <laughs> I think I have a blue Steffi that thinks she's a chihuahua. Um, I wanted like a little Pomeranian hat, you know, oh, like little, so anyway, Joe's like, no, I don't like these blue staffies. So mm. I Google blue staffies and I'm like, oh. No, 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 no. But then I was like, oh. And then this little one pops up with a white face and I was like, oh, my God, I love her. Yeah. And I was like, Joey, I'm going to go and meet this dog. And Joe's like, what the fuck? Like, I just told you it was an idea. And I was like, I'm acting on the idea. Because <laughs> I'm like that. I'm like, if I have an idea, like, I'm going to act on it. Yeah. Um, so anyway, I went and met Luna. But Luna was like... Luna still is like the love of our life. Like she taught us how to love something more than ourselves. Mm-hmm. She's just been she's amazing. Uh, my first baby, Luna. Um, and I thought that if I don't have kids, I'll just have lots of Lunas, and, and everything will be fine. Or I'll adopt kids because if you can love a dog this much, like you can definitely like love a child that doesn't have a mum and a dad and like needs to be loved so definitely thought about we definitely thought about that as well but you kept on going yep it's just in us (laughs) don't stop two abortions two miscarriages coming to your fifth pregnancy Kyron Kyron and so what was the feelings with this one Uh, were you 
last one, you're a bit detached. I attached to him. Mm-hmm. I decided that I'm going to treat this pregnancy without all of those feelings of miscarriage and actually, like, I am deserving of this baby. Like, I can have this baby. I had to really, like, believe that. And at his nine-week scan, his little heartbeat just, like, pulsing away, and I just burst into tears. Like, every time I'm going to cry, oh, oh. Every time I see, like, that little heartbeat, it's like, after you've, like, lost babies, it's, like, the best thing ever. So, yeah, Karen's, like, my first rainbow baby and my belief that, like, oh, my God, I get to be a mum. Mm. Um, and Joey gets to be a dad. And, like, this idea of, like, half me, half Joe. Like, you know, after all of these conversations that, like, we might never have kids and it happens for you and it's the best thing ever. Um, and even though like you still have all these fears, I honestly think when you're pregnant, it's the scariest thing because your baby's inside and you never know. Like, it's not like you can be like, Hey, like, how's it going in there? Um, yeah. You know, are you alive? Um, so I, yeah, I had to go through all of that with him and just to get to where I was, and to have that big full belly and like for me as well, like I think I shared it on the last um, podcast. I, even though I was just so grateful to be pregnant, being pregnant comes with so many struggles, you know, like especially your changing body. Um, so I really went through that battle as well. So you're like the happiest person, but then like you're getting so fat, and you're so yeah. sick, even though it's not fat, but to me that's, you know, that's how I felt. So I really had to catch myself through all of that as well. Um, so it's like you're so grateful in this moment, but then you're still struggling with all your like own bullshit, which I think like that's what we do as humans. Yeah. We're just something great happens and you've got your the next thing that you're working through. So, so, how, so did, how did you be present during that pregnancy? Um or were you just So with Kyron what also happened is like I was a personal trainer for years and um Kyron sparked my Whatever it was when I had Karen in my belly, I was like, why am I teaching all these people to do personal training? Like, this is not what I'm going to do and be a mum. Yoga. Mm Yoga is what I want to do. Yoga is what I want my child to feel. Yoga is what I think I can continue to do and, like, love doing while having kids. That's why I have our studio. So I built or created the idea of our studios with Karen really, Karen and my mom. He was like this little, he was the little crane, you know, he's yeah. that, he's that crane that like made it. Um, and honestly, like, yeah, fast forward, I guess, like I went to 42 weeks pregnant with him. What's the normal? <laughs> 40 weeks. So oh, then shit, again, I had to go over. through because I've never, you know, like um, lost a baby as well. Mm. I thought, oh, can I give birth? <laughs> As, can my body give birth? Because I was adamant. I was like, I'm going to give birth naturally. You know, like I've, <laughs> I think I just was like, I'm just going to do that. Yeah. Um, and it doesn't always happen. It's easy, isn't it? It's just like popping peas. Um, I don't know if it's really that easy. It's <laughs> like actually so hard. So my first, uh, I've actually never even shared a birth story. So with um. With Kyron, I was induced because he was shrinking in my belly at 42 Mm -hmm. weeks. I was losing weight, so I became under hospital care. 
So induction is quite invasive and quite scary. And I was like terrified. So when I um, found out I had to be induced, I actually, you know me, like I educate myself. So the night before my induction, I was on YouTube watching videos. I was reading about it so that when it was happening for me, I knew what I had to do on my body. Um, So yeah, induction with Chiron, but it was pretty good. Went into labor naturally. Just had silly monitors all over me. Mm-hmm. Um, and How long I, was your labor? I was really lucky with Karen. I was like five hours. Oh, sure. um, and I birthed naturally. Mm-hmm. Really lucky. Birthing naturally. Whew, craziest thing I've ever done. <laughs> <laughs> um, and yeah, just honestly as well, after having like... I think miscarriages and believing you might not have children, that moment that your child is like placed onto you is the best feeling in the world. Like, wow, like, oh my God, I'm a mum. Like this child like literally grew inside me and it's like now it's like on the outside of me. <laughs> then you've got to navigate all the other things as well. So you go through birth and then you got to go through like having a baby <laughs> and I never didn't know anything. So there's no recipe book for this. There's uh, I don't think there's like a manual. Eh? They do not yeah, yeah. they do not come with a manual. Honestly, I don't have much to do with the babies either. Read it anyway. <sighs> I um so yeah, you just kind of go with instincts, but I'm going to be honest, like the first night that we had Kyron, my pe- everyone had left It's just me and Joey. Kyron's lying on the bed and I'm like staring at him like how the hell do you change something so small, snappy? <laughs> do you know what I mean? Like, no, I don't. <laughs> oh, maybe I'll show you when when baby comes out. It's just put it in front of you. <laughs> How do you change something so small, snappy? Yeah. I called the ladies, like, because you get to go to the birthing center where they look at, and I called the ladies. I was like, "Hi, could you um please come and help me? Like, I don't know how to change my baby." <laughs> and this is something again that people don't talk about you know like I'm a mum now I look like oh yeah you know like I yeah. knew how to be a mum I did not know how to be a mum I did not know anything so you learn you work it out when the baby's on the inside you're thinking what's in heaven when they're on the outside but you learn just like your body grows your baby you learn to nurture and look after that child because that's what I think we're meant to do mm. um as mothers, we're meant to just intuitively know how to look after our babies, even though I didn't know how to put that nappy on. It was so small. Like, any time, well, the first time we're crying, like, any time I change it, I'd just be, like, shaking. Like, am I going to break his bones? Like, they're just so small. And he wasn't even that small of a baby. It was, like, seven, seven, fourteen. 14. So I had, yeah, it's kind of solid-ish babies, not too super yeah. tiny. But, yeah, that was Kyron. Yeah, our little Kyron. And how old is he now? He's five, six in September. I know, and like life with him. So far, started karate the other week, the other month. He's just such a cool kid, and like life with him is the best. Like he is just, he taught me so much. And at one point, I just thought maybe just me and you forever, you know. (laughs) Like, but then I love my brothers. Like you know how close Caden and I are. I was like, damn, like, I can't take that from him. Like, he needs to have a sibling. So, then when Karen turned two, I was like to Joe, okay, like, I think I'm ready because 
no bone in my body was ready before that. It's <laughs> like, I was like, oh my gosh, like, do I really want to be pregnant again? Like pregnancy is like wild. Um, do I want to go through maybe having a miscarriage again? You know, like that's so terrifying. Um, like, am I ready for this? And what's it going to be like having two kids? Because everyone's like, oh my God, one to two is so scary. Like, and you're like, oh my gosh, like, why do people have more then? Do you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. So yeah, we around two decided we start trying again. And we've never had a problem with kind of getting the baby to happen or mm-hmm. to get pregnant. That happens pretty quickly for Joey and I. It just seems to be the holding of the baby. And I went into that pregnancy terrified that I was going to lose that baby. So coming into number six. Terrified. Um, what was Karen's knowledge around um, the ones before? Karen didn't know much about. I don't. I haven't really spoken to Karen about. He's pretty young, eh? Two. I don't. Mm, I don't think we've. Maybe we have had the conversations. We have some pretty good conversations. I'm just trying to think. Maybe he knows that there's two, but maybe not. We wouldn't have had the conversation. But we definitely. I told him I was pregnant with this next one. He told me actually. My <laughs> son tells me every time. He's pretty, I don't know if that's just a thing. People say your kids know. He knew. Um, and he also told me when it wasn't there yeah, anymore. Yeah, so you wrote down that Karen knew, knew about it. So number six. So you're Karen knew. Third miscarriage. Car, um, yeah, and. Um, so what would you mind to going into this? You're attached, I'm assuming? You're attached. Yeah, like I wanted. You're, you're it was willing. also um, just before COVID. I also yeah. think like timing. Um, they come at they come at the right time, mm-hmm. and I think that this one knew. If I was to stay with you, your business won't be able to stay afloat because I had that miscarriage the day before we pretty much went into lockdown. So I had the surgery, came back to work that day. This is how like no one knows what's happening in your life, like. Mm. I've just been like put under, had a DNC, and then I'm here teaching yoga. You know, like you don't know what's happening in anybody's life because I have to. I have to show up because this is my business. That's where people have to be compassionate. A hundred percent. And then the next day, the the whole place goes into lockdown. Mm. So if I had been pregnant, there is no way that this place would have gone online. There is no way that any of those things. So again, it's beautiful in hindsight, right? Beautiful in hindsight to think, wow, that was really hard. But at the same time, it was a blessing in that space. Because also, I would have had to have that baby like in lockdown by myself, mm. which is not how I do things. Like, Right. Yeah. With the, uh, this time around as well, you you shared a bit of this journey with so, others yeah so this is the first miscarriage that i shared um but when you had it did you mention that it was your third yes yeah so i shared this and i think that that was an immense amount of healing for me mm-hmm. that i had to go through to talk about some of the deep hurt and the journey that i had been through and i guess open the conversation for other people to be able to have that conversation Mm. with me so I think that that miscarriage was a huge turning point for me um 
also in being vulnerable because it's not something that I find easy, which I'm doing right now with you, um, but I've gotten better with it and I've gotten better with it because of that miscarriage and knowing that my story is, I guess, worth being heard and yeah. So through that, uh, through sharing your experience, I'm assuming a lot of people came out of the woodworks and um, said basically it was relatable to them as well. So yeah. you hope to connect. Do you think that I'm assuming it's definitely beneficial for them? But you say it was healing for you. So moving on from that, was it a lot? I want to say a lot, but was it easier than the first two? Yeah. Because you knew it was more. There's more normality around it. And I think that you, you know, every time you go through something, you learn. So you come into the next time with experience. So um, last time, a few times, you you felt a lot of guilt. Yeah. Did, was that present again? Or, or were you kind of more like... I still wondered what was wrong with me. One of those things like, me. it is what it is. So you, no, you're still worried. Yeah. Still wondered, like, what is wrong with me? Is there, Do I have to have another two? Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. am I going to have another two? Um, is this my my story and then my mum actually sat me down and she was like darling why not instead of focusing on how your body miscarries you focus on how you've already had a positive pregnancy Mm. and I was like you you don't understand (laughs) you don't know how I feel and like that's how I felt in that moment but again hindsight I look back and I'm like thank you mum for being courageous enough and being my guide to actually help me navigate again through a really tough time because she was right. My body did it. Yes, my body hadn't have done it twice, but it did do it Mm. and it did it really well and it had a beautiful baby. So why did I dismiss that Mm. and then give myself this conditioning that I'm going to have another two miscarriages, you know? Like, it's a story again that I created. We always dwell on the negatives, oh. the downside of things. Though. Yeah. Definitely been doing, like, gratitude journals has changed my mindset for that. Yeah. Do you think it would have been harder if you were a bit older in terms of um, accepting the fact? Being older, why? Uh, because a lot of people, when you get older, you say you've you're kind of missed your prime. It's more reasons to kind yeah. of point I think if you started yourself. I think if you started your journey later, it would definitely be a harder situation harder because you don't know how long it's gonna take. Yeah. Definitely. So step it into number seven. Mm-hmm. Seventh pregnancy. So w- was this like another three months after the miscarriage or So actually this time it happened the month after. Oh, so Which was, I didn't yeah. even think that could happen because the other, like, you know, you just go off what you yeah, previously know. So like in know. a normal cycle, say it's like every four weeks. Yeah. And then so I got another cycle. Mm. You stop your cycle. Yeah. Uh, and then you go through pregnancy and then it'll restart. Or whatever. Yeah. So if you're pregnant and then you miscarriage. Usually it takes three cycles. Some people it can be one. It's just yeah, different for everyone. So I yeah. thought it would be another three. Yeah. So through the thick of COVID... <laughs> is when I got Mm. pregnant with Cove. Um, And I was just so busy filming. Uh, Joey was working from home. We're living at my mum's house. And yeah, we got pregnant. And I, the most healing thing, I shared Cove's pregnancy from four weeks pregnant. I let go of that whole thing of you only share it Mm. 
from 12 weeks because... Yeah, why, why did you do it so early? Because after losing babies and going through that by myself and be, feeling so alone and like you still have all the symptoms of being sick and all of this, but no one knows. And then you got nothing to show for it, right? Mm. But I changed my mindset to the thought pattern that every baby deserves to be celebrated. Every single, as soon as you know that there is a little bit of hope and those of you who have seen two lines, two lines on a pregnancy test, you know. As soon as you see those two lines, you're already creating this future or you already have this vision. Your mind's already Yeah, it's just like it's already a thing. It's already a... So usually when that stops, it's sad, but I just wanted to really like... Like, I'm pregnant, I'm so proud of my body, my body is going to do this, and, like, I'm so confident. But did I did... Did you get did. any backlash on sharing that from early stages? Yeah. Yeah, because it got shared quite widely on, like, other social media platforms. Um, and the way I said it, it was, like, I've had loss, I want to celebrate every pregnancy because every pregnancy is, like, worth celebrating. And someone would be, like, you don't know how it feels to have, like, multiple. And, like, they're right, I don't. But, again, you can only share from the space that you're at. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I did actually get some assistance here because again, I still had this thought that maybe something was wrong with me. And the craziest thing is that I went to this gynecologist, so I didn't end up going through the public. I paid privately because public's so hard to get through. Um, And I walked into the office and it was this man and this man was in Kyron's birth. So this man was a doctor in Kyron's birth that when one midwife told me, like, you're off to have a C-section, like, you're really struggling, this doctor comes in, such a calm demeanor, and is like to me, like, checks me, and he looked at me, and he's like, you're doing well, keep going. And I was like, thank you, like, (laughs) I really, like, you're awesome, you know, like, in this moment, I'm like, thank you, like, this lady over here is telling me I'm about to have a C-section, I'm about to give up, and you're like, you keep going, so you walk in, and he's there, and he looked at me, he looked at me, and he's like, nothing's wrong with you, you've had a perfectly fine baby, this baby is going to be fine, and I was like, (laughs) you know what, like, I mean, how do you know that? <laughs> so mindset change for number seven, focused on the happy, healthy baby and trusted the body. Trusted the body could do what it had already done. Mm-hmm. Had Kyron, had Cove, and it, again, like that nine-week scan, oh, like seeing that heartbeat, and then finding out I'm having another boy, <laughs> <laughs> which made me so happy, but I was like, I'm going to have, you know, like, I want a girl, and but then I had told myself, like, I'm only having two kids. Yeah. So, yeah, I had to go, which I can tell you, like, more story about, like, kind of my next bullshit story I talked myself through. <laughs> so, yeah, that was good. Hey, little Kobe. Kobe didn't go 42 weeks, thank God. He came on his due date. What was it? Um, two on, days after you? Yes, yes, the 12th. Buddies. Um, <laughs> on the, you touched that it was, like, during COVID, the first, or that miscarriage. Mm-hmm. Um, was COVID... Rules and regulations still quite prominent. It was just before it. Just before Cove? Just before, no. No, I mean, so like during Cove, when you're getting your scans done and stuff, because you weren't vaccinated. Oh, yeah. No. What? The vaccination wasn't really um, a thing when I was pregnant with Cove. So. um, So the healthcare was easily accessible? 
you still had to go to scans by yourself. Oh, not by yourself. Sorry, Joey was allowed to come, but that's what it's still like now. So I mm. feel like we had COVID a good time where it wasn't too crazy. So yeah. to wear masks and whatnot, but yeah. What about the pregnancy? Pregnancy. Anyone could turn up or is there rules and regulations? I had everyone at my pregnancy. Nice. Yeah. Because that's just a few things I've heard. It's very, very hard. So that's why I'm so grateful because if I had had a babe, yeah, it COVID, it would have been super isolating. Mm. And I think I'm the type of person that needs my people. So that was number seven. Mm-hmm. So before we get into the eighth. My beautiful little cove. <laughs> Two boys. Two boys. You're pretty complacent, but deep down you wanted a girl. Deep down I wanted a girl. And I guess like as well, like through that whole time, like I've breastfed. Mm. Right? We haven't even touched on breastfeeding. It's like a whole nother thing. But I breastfed Kyron. All the way through to Cove, still breastfeeding Cove now. I don't even really know if there's anything in there, but we're still going. Um, so, yeah, I've breastfed since Chiron. How does all that work? Like, is there an age where you're supposed to put them on solids or anything? Oh, they eat food, but my boys have just always breastfed. Yeah, like, wh- when are they supposed to stop? I don't know if Obviously, a, it depends on I don't really people. think there's an answer for it. I think it's like the mum and the child get to choose and like I'm probably not the standard you know like I Hmm. sleep with my kids I but um, what about like attachments and stuff like that? yeah my kids are super attached to me I've probably had not even a handful of nights away from my babies is that do you see that as an issue clearly not no I don't think it's an issue I mean I guess it comes to the point where like Joey and I don't really have a lot of alone time we don't get away Mm. a lot but we both know that we're going to have that. We're going to have a lot of that when they're mm. older. So it's not really an issue to us. Um, we love having them close to us and we love being with them. Like we're both very busy in our working life. So I've chosen, like, I chose to be a mum. I chose to be a breastfeeding mum. Everything again, it comes down to choices and I get to make the choice. And yeah. people are going to tell you all the time that you're doing the wrong thing. And like at, at the end of the day, like, how can I be doing it wrong? My boys are happy. My boys are healthy. And like, that's all that matters to me. Like no one else can tell me how to be a mum to them or like how long to breastfeed or what to do and like, you know, what to do when I'm pregnant and what not to do, what to eat, what not to eat. Don't be a vegan. Don't, you know, that's like one negative side of the internet sometimes is that there's too much information out there. Yeah. So when I was eight months pre- eight months postpartum with Cove, I decided to become a vegan. Mm-hmm. Backlash on that. Nothing's wrong with Cove either. Like, so what, what was the backlash for? That I won't be getting him enough nutrients from my breast milk because I'm a vegan. So what nutrients do you miss out on? Again, it's all conditioning. Mm-hmm. Because again, like now I'm going through my eighth pregnancy, fully vegan. Mm-hmm. And I've gone through again a lot of... Uh, <laughs> Yeah, conditioning again with that. So, what do you mean by conditioning? I've had to like remind myself that you can still be healthy and get all everything that you need when you're a vegan. Because you know you have you wonder like, oh, uh, do I need certain things? Does my mm. baby need certain things? Like I had it with my last one. So, yeah. So everything's all fine and dandy at the moment. Baby's super healthy. Yeah, have you had healthy. any tests recently? All my tests are good. Actually better than when I was pregnant with my boys. Do you take supplements? Uh, yes, like your standard supplements and then the standard supplements that I took beforehand. Which are what? 
Uh, you have to take iodine, folic acid, I take um, B12 and vitamin D just because as a vegan, those are things that I take. Um, and that's really it. So you're supplementing quite well, you're quite healthy. Just what I have to take, yeah. And then I eat really well. Yeah. But I guess um, on the topic of having a third child, it's not something that I thought that we were going to do. So this um, this pregnancy was definitely like a had to sit down and have big conversations about it because mm-hmm. Joey was set that we were just having two. I had told myself, you're just having two. You got two boys. You're super content with that. Um, you're not having another one. Like you're not getting the daughter that you've always wanted. And when I say that I've always wanted a daughter, it's just like as a little girl, I always imagined yeah, this sure. relationship. I've got such a beautiful relationship with my mum, so it's just natural that I wanted to have that with a child. And it's not that I don't have that with my boys. I love my boys more than anything. And if I only ever had boys, like that's okay. Yeah. Um. But I actually created a story that I couldn't have a girl. So just like I (laughs) told myself I couldn't have kids, I was like, you can't have a girl. That's what your miscarriages are. I went through that for a long time until... 75 hard. 75 hard. 75 hard has to be a turning point for my life as well. Honestly, deciding to do that was like such a good thing because it made me realize like I got some serious bitch voice stuff happening. So did you read the book before you did it? Yes. Oh, you know and, me. Uh, yeah. And <laughs> so you and Joey did it together, right? Yeah. Um, so for those who don't know what 75 hard is, explain it to me. 75 hard is a 75-day challenge where you have to do set tasks mm-hmm. um, and you have to do it properly. So the tasks are... It's hard for a reason, isn't it? It's hard I for a it reason. I hate when people go, I'm going to do 75 soft or yeah, 35 no. soft. And I'm the type of person, like, if I'm going to do something, I'm going to do it. So it's hard, not necessarily because of the physical activity, as you touch on, but it's the mental side of it. Yeah. And I think, like, with 75 hard, you know, you had to do um, yeah, two so, workouts so a day. Two workouts? One had to be outside. That's why I'm so good at walking in the rain now. <laughs> <laughs> um, you have to read 10 pages of a book, drink four liters of water, take a progress photo, um, and what was the other Follow one? Follow a diet. Follow a diet and drink no alcohol. Mm. So I think for Joey and I, because we did it together as well, one, we realized how much time we actually had mm-hmm. when we prioritized time. So the conversation always about having a third child was really, do we have enough time and how busy our lives are? So that also popped in because the two workouts are... 45, 45 minutes, minutes long each yeah and they can't be consecutive it has to be like two three hours yeah separate so that's a big chunk like i do it now but i'm a single young man i don't yeah. have much to do you know yeah but having a family that's an hour and a half plus you've got to have preparation have showers whatever it's a lot of time made you really structure your life and mm. oh, i loved it but it also made me realize some of the uh deep conversations that i had with myself or the beliefs so I used to tell a story that I wouldn't have a daughter because I wasn't allowed one. Mm-hmm. So I've obviously got something in me that thinks I'm not allowed certain things. So 75 Hard made me uh, made that bitch voice come up and made me kind of become aware of it because, like I say, awareness is the, the first thing. Mm. And I thought to myself, whatever, like, 
one, I can have a, I'm having another baby. And Joey was like, yeah, yeah, I think I can have another baby too. So that was cool because I thought I'd be like begging him. Yeah. But Joey was just so beautiful. He was like, you know, like I love Kyron and then I've loved Cove and like you just think how can you love something else even Mm. more like this having a third child, I'm just going to love that baby too. And when he said that, I was like, like, because I always thought he was just doing it for me. So I did the 75 hard. I actually hadn't had my cycle post Cove till then. So I got my first period or proper cycle after Cove in October. And then I was like, okay, I want to have another baby. I think also Kyron turning five was such a huge thing for me that I was like, it happens so quickly. And I also never want to look back on my life and think I should have had another baby. Do you know what I mean? So yeah, that was a huge one for me. And then I also like, I want a daughter. I said it to you on the last one. I think we did it in October. I want a daughter. So that's where I was going. I was like, I want to grow our family. I want a daughter. And that was just where that started. So So on that 75 heart, sorry, mm. um, you made me read it as well. There was the inner, did not make, oh, make you, no. me, you provided me the book. Um, so there's the inner bitch voice and inner boss voice. Yeah. And so this made you realize the difference between the two of them. And quite often we are just talking smack to ourselves, being this little bitch on one side. Yeah. It's not like, there's no confidence like, yeah, you can do this. Yeah. You can do this. But also following the structure that it gave you, if we have time, we might touch on it. Discipline and structure. So that really awakened your mind awake that doesn't even make sense. whatever um realization that it was possible yeah both of you were going through the same thing both of you came to the same conclusion yeah and it just so happened to be that number eight came around well yeah number three <laughs> number eight number three well, eight pregnancy um, <laughs> I had eight Fuck. it's gonna be the title eight pregnancies <laughs> Three, oh. three children. Um, so on this uh, phase, you mentioned about visualization. So yeah, after I did um, the seventy-five hard, being me, I was like, I need the next step. Yeah. So I went into phase one, which is thirty days of the exact same thing, but you have a visualization component. Um, you have to finish five critical tasks, which you choose. Um, and you have to have a five minute cold shower. So within this time too, I was already dabbling in like ice baths and all of that. So I did that and the visualization was probably one of the most powerful tools for me. So if I was to show you my journal and my, cause I kept a journal through that time as well, the visualizations and the journal, every page says pretty much positive pregnancy test, a little girl and three kids in 2023 Mm -hmm. lace throughout it if it's not every day it's like every second day um that I really worked on that and I did one really powerful visualization um it was actually a New Zealander girl who did it her Spotify is untapped Mm -hmm. it was actually a really good one and I had to visualize myself you have to kind of go like one year from now uh five years from now 10 years from now and then like talking to yourself at 50 years old Mm. oh my gosh I came out of that visualization bawling my eyes out just seeing like my like having a conversation with myself at 50 years old is quite a powerful thing to do so visualization I think is something that I've tapped into 
hugely. And like I said, it's always been something in my life and I've always had that belief that I deserve a beautiful life, nothing less. And that's exactly what I tell myself and remind myself. And I, like I said, like I wanted a daughter. What was holding me back from that? Why couldn't I believe it until I guess it didn't happen? Mm. So I just told myself it's going to happen. Um, so on visualization, how much time do you normally spend on doing it? Do you still do it now? And do you actually follow like a visualization thing? Sometimes I listen to people. So there's a few people that I like on Spotify. Either like a, I love Joe Dispenza. He's one of my favorites. Just the power of like really visualizing what you want and knowing that it's like already there. Um, so I either listen or I just sit there and I like, I think about it. So for example, with this pregnancy, I, instead of being in the fear, and don't get me wrong, like I was still terrified of having a miscarriage, I I was still sat there and I was like, I went through a lot of it. I actually bled a bit in this pregnancy, which I, like I said, I didn't do in the other one. So I was like, spotting? Yeah, spotting. And I thought, instead of being like, oh my God, I'm like losing this baby, I changed my conversation to I'm so proud of my body for letting go because it's actually never done that before um even though I was like really like hoping I hope not you know but you just have to kind of move through the motions at the time um so with this pregnancy every single night I would lie in bed before I went to sleep because apparently the most the time that your brain is the most powerful is right before you go to sleep and I would lie there and I would just imagine the nine-week scan and the pulsing heartbeat. That moment for me. just I would just lie there and I would think of it. And I think at about eight weeks, I said to Joey, I was like, do you ever just like lie there and think of, and he was like, every night. So the thing is like, we were both doing it. Even though we didn't know, but we were both thinking of it because it's just such a deep ingrained fear in the two of us. Um and another, I think, powerful thing or, like, point for me was, you know, I told you Karen just seems to know things. It was just this one day and Karen came into my room and he was like to me, Mom, I know you're really scared, but I want you to know that this baby is not going anywhere um, and everything's going to be okay. And then he just ran off. Like, you know, it's like this thing comes and it, like, yeah. shares this, like, really wise, like, thank you, so insightful. And then, like... <laughs> bye, I'm going to go play with my toys, like, you know, and I just was like, wow, like, everything's going to be okay, I just had this, like, no, I was still scared, I can't tell you I was 100% confident, I mean, I would have had the conversations with you, like, there was some days I'd lie there and I'd be like, oh my god, like, and I was so sick with this pregnancy as well, I was yeah, like, yeah, was do I really, do I really have to go through this again, like, you yeah. fucking battled, man, yeah, I've really battled this one, um, so there's three trimesters, hence the mm. try. So we went um, through the first the, one. The first one was absolutely, Rocky. you legit, I've never seen you so bad. Like, yeah. You fucking struggled. Mm. So. <laughs> so you got through it? Kind of, kind of you, gives you perspective too. So on your, your normal day-to-day life, how obviously it was quite hard, but like, how did you get through this, not being able to do stuff, uh, your mindset around that stuff? I just had to tell myself, like, this is what you wanted. Like, you wanted to be pregnant, and you know that this is, like, a 
kind of like a thing of pregnancy. This is so if your body is asking you to rest right now, Lashara, I think it's time for you to listen because you're out there telling everyone to do it. But then, how did you differentiate that from being your bitch voice to being nurturing? That was hard because I constantly thought, I mean, I tried to do phase two um, when I was like six weeks pregnant. I was like, this pregnancy isn't going to get me. Like, um, (laughs) until the point that Joe's like, Lashara, you're not doing that anymore. And I just slept like most days. And again, it's like tapping into vulnerability and tapping into actually like doing nothing. And you're doing something greater than anything. Mm. You're growing a human from a little tiny seed to like a baby. So you have to, I had to remind myself that. Okay. So uh, this is last podcast. One of our final questions was, what do you want? Um, You're the first one to experience these questions. And we hit it off with this. Important. So important. Nice. Mm. This can be as vague as you want or as deep as you want. Okay. <laughs> what do you want? Honestly, mm. I want a daughter. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we we're just talking about this. Oh. And to some people, you know what? That might be so crazy, and I go through it in my own mind too. It might be so crazy, yeah. but dream big because you can have whatever you desire, and like it make. I don't know if I feel bad for saying that, but I think it comes back to, to the fact that the relationship that I have with my mum is so special to me. And if I could have, not that I don't have that with my boys, I love my sons so much. They are the best thing in the world. And if I only had them, I am still so happy. Like I said, I'm content. But when someone asks you, what do you want? You're allowed to say something that you don't have. 100%. 100%. And you shouldn't feel bad for saying that. <laughs> do you know? And that- we'll stop there. But that was November last year. Um, I let it play a bit longer because it's everything that you've mentioned in this podcast today. Mm. So November, were you pregnant then? No. She didn't even know. And that was coming out of 75 hard. Um, mindset had changed. And, uh, I just started saying it to everyone. I think everyone will know. Like I was like, I'm having another baby and I'm having a daughter. To myself too, I don't even know if I believe that. <laughs> I just said it and I, you know, I said about the heartbeat. I'd lie in bed and I'd think of the heartbeat. Once I knew the heartbeat was fine, I thought about a pink cupcake. Mm. A pink cupcake, and I just would lie there, and every night I was like, it's a pink cupcake. (laughs) And it's so crazy for me to say this, but when I bit into that cupcake, and I opened my eyes, and it was fucking pink, (laughs) I was like, oh my God, like, do you know what I mean? Like, everything that I thought that I wasn't allowed is happening right Mm. here, like right in front of me. And I still can't believe it. I'm having a daughter. I'm I'm having my little girl and it's like a dream come true to me, honestly. Like I just, yeah. And the fact that it was a one go-to, like I didn't Mm. miscarry. Yeah, I've been really sick, but wow. Like... 
I guess it just shows you like you are in charge of what you're allowed to have and I know it's easier said than done Mm, but that is why I've done the work because I know there's so many people out there and like 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 you just asked me what do you want and to some people that's crazy like how could you say that Lashara you know like but also like if you want something tell people you want it tell yourself you want it and tell yourself you're allowed to have it and if you um are like struggling with believing that you're your own roadblock I was my own roadblock and thinking like I'm not going to have a daughter I'm going to have two kids like when I knew like that wasn't it for me and the fact that we're like having this little girl blows my mind like it's like honestly that Joey's stoked because we don't have to try again but who knows man we might have another one (laughs) oh my gosh I'm putting that into the into (laughs) the universe um so what was the cupcake story eh? yeah you manifested it you got them brought the cup and then I didn't record myself yeah what happened (laughs) honestly I even pictured the record the reaction I would envision the reaction Till it happened, but I can't watch that reaction back. I just have it in my my head. <laughs> so I told myself, like, my eyes will be closed, and I'm not going to open my eyes until Joey makes a sound. So my eyes are closed, right? And Joey's yeah. like, "Uh, can you see that?" And I open my eyes, and it's pink, and I'm just like, <gasps> and I like cried, and then I looked at Joey, and I was like, "Thank you so much," you know, like. Because it's without him saying yes to having a third baby, like it wouldn't have happened. Yeah. Like, and he he manif- I feel like he manifested. I feel like everyone manifested a girl. With me. <laughs> I feel like there was a um like a team, a team manifestation. So yeah, um, I, I believed in it. But I must say, on the day, I was just like, oh my guts, like oh fuck, it's probably a boy. And I think lots <laughs> of people thought that too, right? I was like, always like, like, yeah, yeah, you'll get a girl, you'll get a girl. Oh my gosh, I just like even. Sometimes I still catch myself thinking like, wow, like I'm having a little girl. This blows my mind. Um, so, yeah, I think I think kind of the – like this whole conversation for us is just realizing that like sometimes your journey can start in a rocky way and it might be really hard at the time, you know, like going through all of the things that you're going through – And if I was to go back and tell my 16-year-old self, like, honestly, like, these are the things that are going to happen for you and, like, you are going to be so happy and you have, like, such a beautiful life, Lashara, I would not. I would be like, who the hell is that crazy What is some advice you'd give your 16-year-old self? Um, To not let go of that belief that you deserve a beautiful life. I think that's yeah don't don't let go of like don't let go of the things that you know can be achieved and like you know your life looks like because I I think I knew my life would look like this um Deep we down. could do some a lot more but we'll kind of wrap it up is there anything else you wanted to add along this uh, the pregnancy journey I suppose if you raise quite a lot of awareness. Yeah, uh, if you're currently going through a hard time, find people to talk to and know that, like, there's actually nothing wrong with you. Mm-hmm. 
And yes, there is some medical situations out there and that's why we have to just be so grateful for kind of the resources that we have now. Um, And even though everyone's pregnancy journey and everyone's like motherhood journey all look different, they're just all so beautiful and so unique and you're allowed to share yours. Yours is not any less or any more than anyone else's, and that's one thing too. When you become a mum, is just like it's like it's like a competition all the time. Like, why do we have to do that? Yours is beautiful, mine is beautiful. We're all just experiencing this thing, and if we come together as women and we just, you know, like have these conversations, the world will be such a better place for all of us. Even those like struggling like right now you know like I just I know it's probably really hard and I I probably can't sympathize with with that but just keep focused on like that thing that you want at the end that baby in your arms I think that that's so powerful nice I went in there but some other things I had was like talk about the positive impacts of a nanny some more you try and mess the stuff um in terms of children your opinion on winning versus participation uh, discipline and structure, so your five AM wake up, the whoop band, cold water yeah. immersions. Oh, we've got so we can have, we can have another one. Journaling. Oh, I know, right? <laughs> um, but yeah, we will wrap up on our final questions. Are you a scruncher or a folder? Fold. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> Who is someone you'd like to speak with, dead or alive? To be honest, I oh, you can only pick one. If you really wanted, you can hit me with a couple. Well, I am going to say, because when you told me to get a quote, the two people that I brought up quotes were Louise Hay, she's passed away, Mm. um, and Joe Dispenza. So they are two people. Louise Hay, um, if you don't know who she is, she wrote the book, You Can Heal Your Life. She's got so many books. She is just like a strong believer in that you can heal anything within yourself. And, like, I've always had her books um, from my mum. And if I could have a conversation with her, like, I think that would be pretty cool because her book's like my Bible. And then there's Joe Dispenza, who I think is pretty awesome. Like, everything that he does and his content is incredible. And, yeah, just the two of them have really helped me move through probably the past year of, like, breaking belief systems that I have um and I guess getting to this possibility of like I don't know just the life that I have I'm I'm so grateful I asked um Moira this and um she eventually came back to me with um nine-year-old self and 50-year-old self Mm -hmm. which defines the defies the rules of the dead or alive yeah (laughs) but that's such a interesting response to that like could you imagine yeah. I wouldn't know which one I'd rather talk to, to be honest. That'd be quite interesting. I think that's quite a powerful one. Yeah. Imagine yeah. that. Um, if you could have, oh, if you didn't have to work anymore, what would you do with your days? Um. <laughs> well, sometimes I uh, don't really <laughs> work a lot, though. <laughs> I don't feel like I work with this job. Like, what would I do? Can Joey not be working too? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Um, oh, I think that I would 
I there's not a lot that I would like mm-hmm. that you'd change. I don't think I would change a lot because I feel like my job doesn't feel like my job has a lot of freedom and I actually love my job. Even though I will say like I have struggled because I have been home a lot recently being so sick and then coming back has been like a huge like is like do I even want to own a yoga studio or do I just want to be a mum? Like I'm constantly kind of I, I think don't you're know. always going to go through that. Eh? I, it's just my emotions. Mm-hmm. Joey's always like, you're just emotional. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> what is something you want to have achieved or started in five years' time? Um, obviously, I just want to get through this pregnancy and have our, like, three kids. I want to get our house built, like, and all of that done. But I also, we spoke about it last time. I really, really want to ha- um, expand Ara in a way that it offers a little bit more, not just yoga. So I would, I would like that. Nice. I think in five years, I think that's, yeah, I think that's going to happen. Yeah. At your funeral, mm-hmm. what do you want people to remember you for? I think I want them. It's a hard question. Mm. I want them to remember me, I guess, for my passion and my beliefs that, like, it comes back to, like, you're allowed to live a beautiful life. And, like, I hope that everybody who has experienced a passing with me gets to share that feeling, that feeling of, like... Possibilities. Possibility and, like, things can be beautiful and, like... If you look at someone's life and you think like, wow, like I love that, like that is also like yours. Mm. Like you're allowed to have that too. Like there's no rules as to why you can't. Um, yeah. What is something you used to run from until you had to face it head on? When you asked me this um, last night, I went straight to, again, some of the work that I've been doing with my younger self. Um, and I think the night of my parents separating has always been something that I felt like revisiting because it was actually like a really hard time in my life and for my younger self. And I actually did that um, this year when I was pregnant. And it wasn't as scary as I thought it was going to be. It wasn't as bad as I thought it was going to be. And I was able to go back and kind of, forgive my mum for leaving my dad Mm. because as a six-year-old I was like why are you leaving me like do you not do you not love me you know and I think maybe that's where like a lot of my like negative stuff comes from as well but then I also had a realization so beautiful that I finally like have faced this head on that that's where my belief that a beautiful life is acceptable because that's all she was doing she made that hard decision Mm. To leave, to have the beautiful life that we have now. My parents are best, like best buddies. Our family's incredible. Like yeah. my kids wouldn't even know that my like I don't even think my son gets it. Like that, they my they were together. Like you know, like they're just who they are yeah. and how they are. So I look at it now and I'm like, okay, 
that is why I have that belief and that is exactly the belief that she had and that decision that she made that wouldn't have been an easy one and I'm glad that I visited it because it constantly would come up in my life and I was finally sat with it. What does visiting it look like? It's going back like you can either do it in like a visualization there's a lot of like visiting younger self visualizations um, or you can take yourself there if you have the the confidence to move into that space so really what I had to do was like sit with those feelings and if you ask me to go back to that night I, I like remember it like like it's vivid in my mind like a movie do you have to be quite forceful because I remember you told me this quite a while ago and even Jamie touched on uh in a private chat I think about revisiting self and like it's I've only done it once and that kind of just popped up in the middle of nowhere where I kind of made a few realizations like do you find it quite hard or is it more like okay this this was the event so you make an identification and then you just kind of I think process it I think sometimes like it's there and it's tapping at you Mm -hmm. like I said like it's kind of always been there but I was scared to look at it because Mm -hmm. I was scared of what would come up so again you need to like they're gonna come up but it's your awareness and your willingness to sit with it. But there's not, you're not always going to have time to sit with it and unpack it. It's kind of like that quote I sent you yesterday about that bag. Mm. You know, like we're all carrying these bags. Yes. and um, Everyone packs differently. And some it, pack light, Yeah, some and pack like heavy. sometimes, you know, your handbag's a freaking mess. You need to tip everything out, get rid of what you don't need, and like take what you do need. And Take stock. It's like that within our life and within our experiences. There's things that we could be carrying with us that why are we even carrying it anymore? What does the next chapter look like for you? Well, obviously I've got to navigate getting through this pregnancy, mm-hmm. feeling quite positive. Uh, now I'm feeling well. I want to be nice and active. I'm going to get nice and round. <laughs> and then I guess coming back from pregnancy and also navigating having three children it's either gonna be like it's either gonna be like really okay or like really wild like I don't know it's just (laughs) what I don't know what to say and I yeah I think that's my next chapter navigating three babies and like moving into our family home which I think I said last time too um which I'm super excited about so we're just moving into like those final stages of designing um and I'm so excited like it's gonna be so cool nice um I've started this thing where uh I share a reel okay so this is just the reel that I've found um yeah I'll show you this is just just a man running but it's more about the audio want to achieve what most do not have you have to separate yourself from what most are doing someone should be able to tell just by looking at your life by observing what you do every day somebody should be able to say that person is different there you go that's something that resonated with me um in a way that you have gone against the grain in a way and like you you can see that you know um you are different in a positive way, obviously. Leading by example. I don't mind being different. I oh, think I, I like it. That's why I'm rocking this uh, old Farquad haircut. I don't know why we need to be the same. Like, being us and being different and being, like, who we are is our superpower. Mm. And, like, I don't know why you want to be the same as anyone else. 
Leave us with a quote or words of wisdom for our listeners. Oh my gosh, I've got so many. Yeah, I know. This is actually so hard for me this week. Um, But I am going to share the first one that I picked from Joe Dispenza. And then I have another one from Louise Hay. Sure. So these were the two people that you would have dinner with? Yeah. I should have had dinner with both of them. Um, Which one did I want to do? Okay, we'll do this one. Um, To be happy with yourself in the present moment while maintaining a dream of your future is a grand recipe for manifestation. When you feel so whole that you no longer care whether it will happen, that's when amazing things materialize before your eyes. Joe Dispenza. Damn. Then... Um, on that, so you're talking about looking, you're visualizing, you're manifesting all that stuff, but being present. So it's talking about that's that's the hard part is having a synergy of both. Well, I think it's and it just falls into. I both. personally think how it happens is you can't be so fixated on what you want mm. that you're not really in the present of what's actually currently happening. Mm. So. Whilst I was focused on this thing that I wanted. You're complacent with what you got still. Exactly. Mm. And it's like, you know, you can't be like, oh, when I get this thing, like, my life's going to be so much better. Because that'll never happen. So I think that's what it is. It's like, I'm so grateful with my life and I'm so happy with what I have. But. Yeah, there's always going to be something else that you might be interested in what that would look like if it's in your life, but it doesn't mean that you need that thing in your life for your life to feel complete, if that makes sense. Yeah. Um, And then I think we'll use – I've got so many. Let's use this one. So this is Louise Hay. Be willing to take the first step, no matter how small it is. Concentrate on the fact that you are willing to learn. Absolute miracles will happen. Why did you say that one? I just, I definitely believe, and I say it all the time, everyone thinks that big things are more important. And like, big things can't always be happening. Imagine if like, big, amazing Things are just happening all the time. You need to also celebrate like those, just those little, those little wins and those little things like getting up in the morning, feeling healthy in your body, having amazing friendships, like having this conversation. Like it's not a big, well, it's pretty cool, but it's not a big and amazing, like, you know, and like if you're only looking for those big, amazing things and things that are thriving, like how can you be happy? Things aren't always like that. Things are always great, but they're not always, like, on fire, thriving, yeah. you know? <laughs> no, I 100% agree with you. Yeah. Uh, so, the my one this week, um, I was kind of put under the pump. I do have heaps of small ones, you know. Um, I had issues with uploading stuff last night, then had issues this morning with the podcast. Um, but a lovely friend of mine, uh, you can search her up, Marley Vanderbeek, I believe that's her last name, Um <laughs> She's also starting to stick and poke, so that's where I got my one from. Uh, cool. But she's a bit of an artist. And um, so Anna Blackburn, one of the ex-podcast uh, guests as well, that's her best friend, and she got her to do a poem book. So I hit her up for a few poems. Um, you like poems? Well, sometimes I do, yeah. Yeah. Um, and so they're, they're all written by her, and um, 
she kind of asked for a vibe and I said like yeah all these pregnancies and stuff like that and a couple big words in here which I had to google but uh I'll try not to butcher it what a strange feeling to miss something you never ever had to lose something that never had a chance to grow what do you call that what an awful feeling to grieve something that has not yet happened to be content with loss while it still weighs you heavy. What do you name this juxtaposition? A melancholic smile. What a frustrating thing. To want something you can't have. To let go of something that could have been yours. What do you do with a feeling something? That was not yet love, but maybe could have been. We would never see what blossoms. Oh, what blooms. Yeah, I did fuck it up, but hey. <laughs> but that relates so much to like the miscarriages, mm-hmm. um, the Even feeling, the feeling of something that could have been but never existed to begin with. Yeah, um, and weighing you down. Mm. So yeah, that's another beautiful piece from her. And hopefully, her book brings me a few more goodies for the podcast because mm-hmm. I did purchase one. Um, nice. Go find that on social media if anyone wants it. Um. Thank you once again, Lashara, for being so open and honest and vulnerable with me and sharing your journey. Um, Reflection is pretty good, and I do hope that a lot of people get a lot out of this, including your gender reveal. (laughs) There we go. Hope everybody got that far. (laughs) (laughs) That was a pretty big talk. Yeah. Nah, that's awesome. Fast forward. (laughs) (laughs) They wouldn't know where to go, though. Uh, we've come a long way since that first one, um, and we still have our great chats. And sure, we'll have more. Potentially, there might be episode three. No. Yeah, I'm <laughs> we'll always see. happy for a chat. <laughs> we'll see where this goes. Um, thanks, everybody, for listening. Uh, don't forget to like, subscribe, and follow, whatever the YouTubers say. Um, yeah, see you next week. Ciao. See you later. <laughs>